is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com and I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and a channel. And uh, at tdjacobs.com you'll find a wealth of energetically programmed crystals to help heal and balance different issues. And uh, information on readings, consultations, energy work coaching, tutoring classes, and a bunch of um, MP3s, both astrology and also channeled energy work meditation mp3s which will really help you quite a lot uh, moving into new moving into new patterns and out of old ideas of who you are or should be i just want to do a brief uh check-in with you and offer some of my thoughts about the uh, prevalence of these allegations and stories and <clears throat> histories of um sexual abuse etc um i have been I've commented a couple times on Facebook and in different places, just really briefly. But I want to just kind of give you part of how I see the overview so you can understand, or at least have a kind of a context uh, in which you can hear, or framework through which you can hear this um, continuing saga, because it will continue. So... I can't order these points. <laughs> you know, I might say, well, first I'd like to say this. In the short term, we're talking about the planet Jupiter entering the sign of Scorpio on October 8th. And it was just a few days or a week or 10 days before that when Jupiter's on the last degree or two of Libra when the Harvey Weinstein stuff started to come out. And, of course, that was the first of this current wave of um, stories and allegations and and. Um, people admitting things and coming forward and speaking up and etc. <clears throat> so when Jupiter enters Scorpio, Jupiter makes things big. And what it actually does is it brings you an opportunity to expand by showing you what you're holding on to that keeps you from expanding. So in Scorpio the thing that hurts, the bitterness, the resentfulness, the thing that we don't, we we feel is proof that we're not safe, the buried emotions, the attempt to power over power under something, the need to feel strong, the survival instinct, the kind of sexual urgency that that's chemical and emotional and spiritual that goes beyond uh, you know, our linear logical selves being able to negotiate and have boundaries and be cool. So anyway, Jupiter going into Scorpio is going to bring up the guilt, the shame, all of the stuff about victim-perpetrator dynamics, uh, the monsters, you know, all that kind of stuff. There is um, a 70-minute, it's actually 69 minutes, to be fair, 69-minute <laughs> uh, MP3 on tdjacobs.com on the Learn Astrology page on the table at the bottom called... Uh, Jupiter and Scorpio, and it outlines all of the major themes. And I've heard from several subscribers and clients who've listened to it that it's, uh, well, one said it was the best MP3 that she's ever heard me do. She's been following me for several years. And some other people just outlined how important it was that I was so detail, detailed and thoughtful about uh, exploring these difficult Scorpionic, psychological, emotional, sexual themes. So, anyway, get that MP3. It's 69 minutes for 15 bucks, and that also talks about the retrograde period uh, and just kind of what to expect, what to expect with Jupiter and Scorpio. But the idea is, 
it pushes the button on what needs resolution so you can expand. It's not just fortunate. It's not just good luck and abundance and opportunity. The opportunity is to let go of that crap you're carrying or that crap you believe in order to move forward and expand. So, so that's kind of the short-term trigger for this, but it is a much larger story. So backtrack just a little, little bit more, and we have Pluto and Capricorn since January of 2008. Um, and... That is about <laughs> destroying structures. So people and things and institutions that you want to believe will keep you safe, they're not going to. It's going to be revealed they can't. So here we have like, you know, the dissolution of the mythology that a president is respectable, for example, here in the U.S. Um, and all this stuff about oligarchy and uh, plutocracy and kleptocracy, it's all related to Pluto's transit through Capricorn revealing the... Um, the seamy underbelly about who's in charge, and who we have this thing about Weinstein et al. using their power and privilege. So that's how that relates to that, people who are in positions of power, so that we, the rest of us, can evaluate what we think power is. And ideally transform through the power over power under games, the zero-sum games where one person wins and other people automatically lose, and the only outcome is winning and losing, to kind of transition out of attaching, attaching um, uh, power to money, to, to move beyond those things. Ultimately, all of us get a lesson in what we have assumed power is. Well, then we have to go back several thousand years, and this is kind of where I wanted to get to today. We have to go back several uh, thousand years. Um, and what I'm going to describe here, some of it is covered in Lilith Healing the Wild, that book. Uh, which a lot of you probably have because it seems to sell like hotcakes. Uh, it's very popular. I even remember um, in probably 2007 or 8, probably 2008, when I started that book, and uh, a friend of mine who happens to be very intuitive and tuned in and psychic and intuitive said, I couldn't even really tell him about it before he cut me off and said, oh, that's going to be the biggest book. Doesn't matter what else, what else you're working on or what else you're planning or what else you try to make happen, that's going to be the book. And it turns out it's true. Oh, and I'll also be at UAC in Chicago in May, late May of uh, 2018, and I will be uh, doing a lunchtime lecture on Lilith Healing the Wild. So anyway, you can be aware of that. So anyway, the Lilith book, but also the Goddess Past, Present, and Future book is really what I'm thinking about with what I want to share with you. It's an incredibly important teaching. I'm just going to give you some of the overview here. Um, so, okay, so Jupiter and Scorpio, yeah, 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 push the button on the shame and the guilt and the power over and the sexual pro sexual problems, like the stuff, the, pa the being used and the rape and all that stuff, feeling used, whatever, degraded, pressured into, right, power over power under games. I kind of fit all that stuff into that category, that heading. And then, yeah, 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 we're in Pluto and Capricorn, you know, um, for <laughs> over, let's see, is it 15-ish, uh, 16-ish, 17 years? Uh, it's, it's 2023 or 2024. So January 2008 to, you know, 2023, 2024. That thing with the power over power under structures, who's in charge, who, who can make us feel safe, all that stuff. And then we got to go back further to really understand what's going on with this wound that is presenting itself. Um, and like I said, the Goddess book, 
tells the story in its entirety. It's a channeled book from Ascended Master Jehudi, and it's so important. I urge you to get it. It is also one of the four books com compiled or collected in Jehudi Speaks, so you can get it as a separate standalone volume or as the part of the first four channeled books or the, the set of first four channeled books that Jehudi Speaks is. But there is this thing that happened, and it explains why we are experimenting with this patriarchal philosophical social system. And it is in an attempt to see if we can protect ourselves. We see if we, we try to control the world around us. We realize this is thousands of years ago. It's kind of a collective shift into patriarchal thought. We realized that in order to try to protect ourselves, we had to take a more active role in how our lives go. So we we begin to emphasize the masculine. Now, the now independent from gender and sexuality, and gender identity and whatever, uh, and, and sexual orientation, independent from all that, everybody contains a mix of the two energies, masculine and feminine. Masculine does things, feminine senses and is and experiences and feels. So the feminine just is, the masculine is trying to shape, control, give direction to. So whenever you feel that you're separate from both part, from one part of you, or how do you say this, whenever there's a natural separation of energies, meaning to, just in myself, I'm a, I'm a particular balance, but if I emphasize one, it'll always end up that the masculine tries to control the feminine. So... In our living on Earth in these bodies, we hit a point where we realize that the one side of us, the masculine, that we could actually get some shit done. So we tried to control things and we had to emphasize the masculine to make that happen. And in the process, naturally, we begin to diminish the feminine. So what we're looking at now is the diminishment of the feminine. All things feminine, nature, animals, the earth itself, how we demonize, we, we, we personify and then demonize weather events. Mother Nature pounded the coast of North Carolina this week. You know, we do that. Um, we look at any bit of nature in our house as an unwelcome incursion that we must kill. You know, we, we collect animals and put them in a zoo so we can walk around and eat candy corn and or caramel corn and, and look at them, be miserable, basically in jail, on display for everybody like they're slaves, <laughs> they're slaves in prison. Uh, we have this thing about all the sexuality, all the sex stuff, and uh, the power over power under stuff. And um, that's what we're looking at right now. In the beginning of this process, however... It was an attempt that all that is, all the souls all together, said, hey, let's do this while we're doing this manifestation experiment on Earth. Let's see if we can control our circumstances to try to protect ourselves. Because we felt taken advantage of by the goddess, by the Earth. We felt hurt, we felt harmed. So we pulled ourselves up and said, wait a minute. We're not going to let you get away with this anymore. And, and thus begins this, you know, m many, this several millennia long process of, um, you know, bitch slapping the earth in, in, into submission. 
uh, raping the earth, etc., and all things feminine. So in this short-term thing, you know, Pluto and Capricorn is like, who can you trust? Jupiter and Scorpio in the even most recent thing, as of this recording on November 15th, you know, just five weeks ago, uh, Jupiter and Scorpio, and this wound, this thing gets ripped off. What you're hearing a lot of is, oh, here is a headline, allegations and blah, blah, blah. And uh, most of these news stories will note, or a lot of them will, that uh, women have always known this is true, but now we're talking about it. Now apparently it's time to talk about it. So this thing has been going on for a very long time, and when you're born as a woman, you have, uh, your soul has an intention to have a particular relationship with this dynamic. And when you're born as a man, your soul has an intention to have the opposite relationship with this dynamic. Everybody's trying to figure out if the other should be feared and resented and controlled. And to the masculine mindset that determines and defines patriarchy, the other, the first other, the primary other, is the feminine. So when we look at it, we're looking at this, and this is the, the wounding, and this is the pain and the anger that comes up. Yet I want you, if you're having anything come up like this, deal with it effectively. Don't deny, based on what I'm about to say next, don't put it aside or say it's not important. Your feelings matter. You're, that you've been shaped by real-world experience matters a great deal. But I also want you to add an overlay, a second interpretation, which is, and, like, there's my experience, or here's what these people are experiencing, and this is happening for a reason that has to do with the soul's growth. And I'm saying that to you, and kind of my, I guess my motivation to do this MP3 in the first place, is to give you, like I said, a bit of a framework through which to interpret some of this stuff, so you don't get lost in it. Because it sucks. I know that. It's terrible. To hear this and to, to be aware of what has always been happening. Um, you don't have to get lost in it. If you can maintain, you can deal with your feelings and whatever you have to do, but maintain an awareness of the higher picture of what's really going on. So here's what's really going on. In that process of, of beginning to elevate the masculine, which, dot, 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 oh yeah, uh, required diminishing the feminine and all things feminine and controlling women, controlling their sexuality, telling them what they think, uh, all that kind of stuff um, to ensure patriarchal uh, methods. Uh, in that process, we began to separate ourselves from the goddess who had been our spiritual mother. Uh, as Jehudi makes clear in Goddess Past, Present, and Future, don't long for a time when it was a matriarchal culture because whenever there's something in charge, something else gets put aside or diminished or, or partitioned off or made other, made the other. But just understand that living in more conscious connection with nature and its cycles is a way of living with the feminine, honoring that you don't always know what's going to happen next. Yeah, sometimes your picnic gets rained out, blah, 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 uh, you know, etc. You can't always control every detail. Um, 
But this divorce from the goddess who is our mother, who was our mother, who many feel is our mother. So we miss a feeling of being connected to the feminine divine principle. We appoint a masculine divine principle and 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 appoint that be that kind of um, visage or that kind of image to judge us. And that fits with the masculine ideal of the patriarchal ideal of attempting to get people to fall in line or be willing to submit to being controlled or eventually get worn down into being controlled so they can be herded together. There's, it's just a philosophy. It's just a way of doing things that you have to control things. Again, whenever you decide to elevate one energy, it's going to be the masculine because that tries to do something with what exists. It tries to use resources. It tries to capitalize. It tries to build using what exists. So the natural masculine principle within each of us is the one that gets the bills paid on time and is the one who maps out a trip before you take it. So it's not all bad. It's just this elevation of the masculine at the expense of the feminine, which has caused so much pain over the long term. So, men who are using sex as power are acting out a part of the story. This is the bigger picture. Go ahead and you know vilify and villain make a, make villains of Harvey Weinstein and uh, Kevin Spacey and whomever else. Like go ahead and do it. That's fine. That that's you know not for me to tell you not to do it or to do it. But I want you to understand that just about everybody on this planet is hurting. H u r t i n g. I know I just used hurting before. H e r d i n g. People are craving. They are longing for a connection with the goddess. So these people who are using sex to assert power, A, they might be unconsciously trying to prove to the goddess that they're worthy, that they're virile, and that they matter, that they can please her, you know, this assumption in some of these stories and also just the prevalence of a certain kind of flirting and pushiness that exists, you know, in our, in the imbalance, you know, that results from the imbalance and in, in how we've been living for, for a very long time. You know, the, the forceful pushy like, um, hey baby, I could really make you feel pleasure. You know, this kind of like assumption, you know, that you can uh, make, make a woman happy or make her feel pleasure. And getting off on the identity as a person who could do that. That kind of like self-aggrandizement and arrogance. There's a need to be worthy in the eyes of the goddess. We are longing to feel worthy in the eyes of the goddess. And guess what, people? (laughs) You, You might know what I'm about to say next. Every woman carries an aspect of the goddess. Every man does too, but we can't see it in all of them because of the, um, how do you say it? I guess the widespread conditioning 
to perform what masculinity should look like, right? What we assume masculinity means, what it means to be a valid masculine man or whatever. Um, there are women who present as very masculine. Uh, you know, gender identity aside, uh, sexual orientation aside, just forget all that stuff. But the goddess is still in there, and the female body has had put on it over the millennia the promise of connection with the goddess. Okay. So we are all longing to connect with the goddess. Some men feel they have to prove that they're worth being loved by the goddess. When an individual woman spurns their advances, it is as if to some of them, the goddess is saying, you're not worthy. So what happens when you need to prove that you're lovable and somebody goes, you're a joke, forget it, get out of here. You get angry. It is anger that begins with pain because of the longing for the unconditional love of the goddess. But we have divorced ourselves from the goddess. We pretended she doesn't exist. Then we chase it in the form of individual women, especially young women, So anyway, this is part of what's going on here. Again, it's not to deny anybody their feelings or remove any responsibility of individual choices, but it is to say there's a second layer of interpretation that is absolutely, in my eyes and in Jehudi's eyes, crucial to add in. So, um, whatever, send him to jail. Uh, take them to court. I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but understand that you, yourself, also may have a longing to connect with the goddess. So part of the thing about dualism and about uh, be, you know being here and f perceiving that we are separate from goddess and god energy... Uh, I call it the myth of separateness because the soul was born into this atta and now attached to this human body. And eventually you figure out, when you're rather young actually, that your body will die, that means you will die. So you feel separate from source and you're going to die. So you don't know that you have divinity within you. And if you do know that, you may have bought the line that it's a masculine God you connect to through these patriarchal intermediaries. So part of the deal here is for every person to tap into his or her um, masculine and feminine, goddess and God within. So men don't keep putting on a woman or six women or the women they meet in general, the many women, the expectation of loving them as the goddess.
So this is a really long and complex story that I will not get into fully here, but um, I want you to think of, uh, I just want you to remember what you might have learned. I've been thinking a lot about mythology lately as I'm um, working on finishing up, I started it six years ago, maybe six and a half years ago, Living Myth 2, the first volume I put out in early 2010, uh, and I started pretty much right away, within a year, on this other book, and I was so excited about it, Living Myth 2, and it's just, there's several things that took me a really, really, really long time to work on. One of them I, was, one of them I wasn't aware of, and it had to do with Oedipus and our perceptions of destiny and fate. I figured that one out two or three days ago, and I was like, oh my god. But the other one I was really aware of the whole time and actually hurt is this chapter called um, uh, Don Juan and Dionysus, Lovers of Women. And I was trying to figure out how to put, and I'll explain who these guys are, but I was trying to figure out how to put Don Juan back into Dionysus and Dionysus back into Don Juan. For mythological figures, if I say Don Juan, you'll be like, well, yeah, of course that's a mythological figure, but it's more like a legend or something. Well, that's what myths are, right? But anyway, um, Don Juan is that lover of women who will sweep, typically married women, who are bored in their marriages um, because the uh, the man might the, the husband might have in their youth or before they were married swept her off her feet and sparks flew and chemistry was up and whatever hormones were running around in circles and doing somersaults and acrobatics but then married life kicked in things became more stable he became a provider or whatever they got into their groove I'm thinking about hundreds and thousands of years ago. Uh, got into this groove where the excitement had gone away, and so the stranger, this Casanova, right, the Don Juan, comes in to, and seduces the woman. And then, of course, he offends the husband, and there has to be a duel or something, and Don Juan might slip away under the cover of night, or he might fight the duel. Whatever it is, he's totally focused on loving this woman. That can go well, it can not go well. Well, Dionysus is... You might, that's his uh, Greek name, and you might know him from his, by his Roman name, Bacchus. Uh, in the Greek tradition, he, uh, as in Dionysus, he is a, a god who is a priest of the goddess. That is crazy shit. He is a god who is focused on Helping, healing, nurturing, fostering, celebrating the goddess. Uh, so, what his job is to open women to their divinity through ecstasy. And this is about um, drinking and celebrating and also sexual pleasure. It's kind of like all these things where you might lose control. Anyway, so it's kind of a long story, but I had a hard time. I couldn't reconcile certain things in my own head and my heart, my own history, about this stuff we're talking about, the, the craving for the goddess, the importance of not putting the goddess's love for you on a woman who's who might be like, um, I don't want to be with you. Um, just all this stuff, it took me years, and, and I have like a couple more sentences to go, but I think I'm done. I think that book's going to be out by the end of the year. That's my plan, the end of 2017. Um, 
but anyway, I've been thinking a lot about the mythology here, and I've been thinking about um, that thing about losing control and the Dionysus side of it, as well as the Don Juan part of it, kind of like seducing the married woman who's made a commitment and a vow and she's, you know, her, her, you know, basically her obedience to her husband, her husband's, so to speak, obedience to her is what holds society together. So there's like a rebellious kind of losing control thing in both of those threads of the masculine archetype that seeks to open the, open the female. Both of that's kind of what ties them together. And I've been thinking a lot about that because the masculine it's not just knowing the goddess loves you. Like I said, proving that you're worthy of the goddess's love. And if the masculine may perceive it needs to open the feminine. Then you get into all this like tantric stuff, and you can go listen to David Data recordings, and I re- encourage you to, <laughs> to do that. But, um, but the, the point being, then you have this thing at the sports bar where the woman just wants to be left alone and the guy won't stop and it's harassment. So to look at it as inappropriate behavior on the face of it, yeah, that's what's going on here. But I want you to understand how I understand the bigger picture or one version of a bigger picture that's happening behind that, behind the scenes. So the assumption of the masculine mind, the patriarchal conditioning is that the masculine must act upon the feminine. And this is where you get this crap about, um, uh, what is it, what do they say? They say, uh, no means no. This is what we've been hearing for decades. Like, you know, for 30 or 40 years. Like, no, actually no means no. When I say no, I mean, you know, actually gets into that, well, I thought you, I thought you meant yes or maybe. And the person's like, no, I said no. I was clear. So you get into this thing where the masculine, in order to, the men, in certain cases, in order to feel valid, feel they have to push themselves. That's what's going on here. One side of it. The other side of it is wanting the attention of the goddess. This is the whole thing about some of these people were like, um, these dudes in the, in the news now, not Kevin Spacey, but like Weinstein and, uh, who's that guy that, director I'd never even heard his name before. Oh, now I have to look it up. Womack? Womack? Oh, see, now i got to look it up. James Womack? Is that what it is? No. Um... Man... Okay, I'll just look it up here. Hold on one second. That's her hold music. Oh my god, what is the dude's name? It's it's making me crazy. Well, now, of course, I found this place with this whole list of all these people. Jeez. Oh, James Toback. Okay, anyway. Jeez. Yeah, that's an exhaustive list. Oh my god. Um... Just uh, like, hey, uh, why don't why don't you have sex with me? And the woman's like, um, no. And he's like, oh, then just stand there and watch me masturbate. 
know, like uh, those are the stories that stick out to me the most in these in this reportage because of this thing about, oh, okay, so you won't be with me. Well, okay, then I'm just going to try to pin you here or trap you here. So you putting the goddess, the goddess's approval on you. So you uh, can see what I have to offer that would make the goddess happy. The sacrifice of my semen into this potted plant next to you. <laughs> it's like, that's what's going... By the way, that's one of the things that's going... <laughs> oh, God, now I'm getting started. That's what's going on with... Um, like, I don't know if you watch porn or not, but there's this thing about, in certain kinds of porn... People say porno, I say porn. It just doesn't sound right with two syllables. But anyway, there's a certain thing, and I call it the disposition of the cum. Oh, yeah, by the way, trigger warning here. <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt about all these things and say cum and whatever and porn. So there's this disposition of it, right? Like like there's this thing in certain threads of that kind of <laughs> artistic expression. What, what do you call that? Just media, that form of media making that uh, just it's uh, artistic expression that is focused on what happens with it because it is an offering to the goddess to say, I'm worthy. I wrote a book of pornography. It's actually uh, erotica. It's satirical erotica. And I focused in a lot of these pieces, a lot of these vignettes, or a hundred and some vignettes, uh, which are first-person narratives of satirical erotica and they're very graphic and there's a lot of foul language and it's just I kind of let loose just to kind of process all this stuff I'm talking about but there oh it's called modern love it's on kindle <laughs> and um this is Tom Jacobs modern love you'll find it but the the point is, and my girlfriend and I joked about this because when I met her I read a bunch of them to her and she loved them and she, and and I think the, the disposition of the come is her phrase because I went out of my way to point out at the end of each vignette, for many of them, what happened with it, where it went. Like, like the narrator said, and I come on, blah, 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 you know, and, and there's a story there. So it's an offering. It's a sacrifice. Because we desperately need the approval of the goddess, because we divorced ourselves from her, we shoved her out of our lives because we were angry, we pushed our mother, the goddess, away, because we were angry that she kept hurting us with these weather events that affected our lives and our homes and our crops. And we sometimes had to move and leave and we couldn't count on safety and support from her. And we transitioned into viewing cycles of nature, cycles of life, tragic weather events, you know, um, just, yeah, weather events. I don't want to say climate change, but like, just like how things change over time where we used to get really good crops here and now we don't. Um, or it used to rain a lot more here, but it rains now more over there, whatever. We used to take that in more of a stride because we were working within the cycles of nature and we were respecting the fact that we're part of the ecosystem of life on the planet and the earth was our mother. And you know what? Shit happens and sometimes babies die and we rolled with it. Not that we didn't have grief, but we didn't fight it in the way we do now and then get bitter and angry and then uh, start blaming women if they reject us sexually. So I hope you can see how this is tied all together. I think about this all the time because this is 
such an important thing to understand about our world. And again, the Goddess Past, Present, and Future channeled book is the place to go to get this info straight from Jehudi. But this need to ejaculate as an expression of power sometimes is, I own you. Sometimes it's, I fucking desperately need to know that I matter. Just look into my eyes while I masturbate, the guy kept saying, right? How many of those stories from Toback and Weinstein said that? Where they show up in a robe, and then they just robe, and the woman's like, ah, like, ah, no. And they're like, okay, well, then just watch me masturbate. That's what stands out to me so much, because there's this, like, need to feel valid. This, you know, expulsion, this emittance of the life force. Now, in the moment of orgasm, where that where that semen comes from, like where that's generated, there is that sense of bliss and emptiness and nothingness that David Data explains so well in his stuff. Go look him up if you don't know who he is. Uh, it's spelled, I think, D-E-I-D-A. It's his last name, David Data. So there's that sense of emptiness and nothingness where the mind isn't working and you're not worried, you're not thinking, you're just connected, you're just feeling the sense of bliss. But it's also about the urge to connect. So more and more people are coming out of the woodwork, right? More and more people. People who didn't say something five or 40 years ago, whatever, or any year, you know, any span in between. And now there's this sense of, I have to say this. And that's a lot of Jupiter and Scorpio right now. Because you cannot process the intense emotion or the sense of powerlessness or the grief or the pain or the anger or the bitterness or the depressiveness or the suicidal thoughts without feeling them. You can't move beyond them without processing, which means feeling them and moving through them. So this list of people is getting longer who are coming forward. The list of people who are now on the uh, you know, perpetrator list is growing as well, and it will continue to do so, not just in entertainment, but in all uh, areas of life. Because this is a global, this divorce from the goddess is a global sickness. And this thing I've been describing to you is one way it gets expressed is the power over, power under dynamics in sexuality. And the other reason I've been thinking about this whole bit, uh, this regarding Living Myth 2, this book I'm finishing, is uh, in the first book, the first volume, there's a Pallas Athene chapter uh, that's about reintegration. This idea of divorcing some part of yourself, shelving it, because wherever you are, you, you're you going to be more successful and you know it if you if you marginalize this part of you or shove it away. So attempted divorce is what I call it. In the second volume, the theme is loyalty, and I explain it as daddy's little girl. And this mythology about a father protecting a daughter, and where that ends, and what goes wrong, and what's behind it, and what each party needs out of it, and how... Each party will inevitably disappoint the other because there's a contract in place that's not possible to uh, meet meet all the terms perfectly. I've been thinking about this because then there's this thing about this politician, this 
Okay, I try to be um, compassionate, but I'm just going to say this. This Alabama fucktard Roy Moore. Everyone says Judge Roy Moore because he's a judge. Fucktard Roy Moore. He, um, and I'm fine if that offends you. That's awesome. That's fine. I respect that. But he's just a complete, he's just a complete, uh, bad name. Anyway, so, um, this thing about him pursuing teenage girls, but only after asking permission from their mommies, right? Their moms. (laughs) So I don't know, I don't remember if I dated any teenagers, but I never dated anybody without asking their mom's permission first. You know, I wouldn't deny it if if somebody said it happened, but I don't remember it. But I would, anyway. This guy's amazing piece of work. But that, and so then I read an article on HuffPost about him. Well, taking that as a cue and running with this other thing, which says the way that certain evangelical traditions or evangelical groups view things, it's not abnormal for an older man to date a teenager. And there's this whole thing about and his daddy's little girl. It's it's keeping. Uh, they think of it as guiding a, a young woman to be a proper, basically servant of God's will, make babies and have dinner on the table. Um, but it's like try it's like infantilizing women, controlling women, and not letting them be independent or not expecting them to be equals, and making them subservient and reliant. And there's this daddy's little girl creepy crap in there. Uh, and so the you know guy in his 30s or 40s dating a you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old, whatever, there's that thing in there because the assumption in some of these communities or traditions is to have an older man take care of the younger woman. Okay. So... <laughs> Anyway, I've been thinking a lot about all this stuff and uh, keeping quiet about it, kind of, just because I didn't want to do a karmic profile of everyone who got named. That's basically why I haven't done anything so far. And I haven't pulled up any charts here tonight. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go into that. Um, Because I want to focus on this thing about craving the goddess. So I will say that if you... Well, the reality, from the soul's point of view is that everybody involved in power over, power under dynamics regarding sexuality, sexual abuse, etc., taking advantage of rape, molestation, coercion, pressure, whatever it is, uh, power power plays, right, regarding sexuality, and, and including rape, everybody is damaged by these interactions. We want to vilify the perpetrator's and feel sorry for the victims. Um, I'm encouraging you to see if you can move beyond the victim-perpetrator paradigm by looking at the 3D facts and understanding you know, that level of it, but then also doing this overlay, the second level of interpretation, which is that everybody in the dynamic, is lear- every soul, needs to learn about power through those dynamics. Again, get Goddess Past, Present, and Future and the Lilith book, Lilith Healing the Wild. Uh, to get the straight story from Jehudi on that in the first in the first one, but everybody's learning something. Every soul has signed up for power over power under experiences. So the more that we can come out of feeling victimized by what has happened around us and to us and what we've chosen, 
no matter which side of that equation we're on, which side of that dynamic. Are we somebody who asserted power? Uh, are we somebody who felt overpowered or was overpowered? No matter what, everyone has something to work on because we're all living out the divorce from the goddess. And so what is really behind all these things, whether or not you can see compassionately the person who's listed as the perpetrator, whether or not you can see that, this emotional problem, this spiritual, 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 psychological pain behind the separation from the goddess principle within us is behind these power games and power plays. All anger comes from pain. And these power over power under dynamics, they're not charming. They're not sweet. They're power over power under. They're exploring that. How can I feel valid by, by controlling you, by conquering you? So a lot of this has to do with the pain of the separation from the goddess that leads to the presumption that you'll feel better if you can conquer that woman because she represents the goddess. So hopefully that is some food for thought for you. Uh, see tdjacobs.com for those two books I mentioned, Goddess, Past, Present, and Future, and uh, Lilith Heal in the Wild, but also the programmed, energetically programmed crystals and stones I offer, which can help interrupt old patterns energetically. Basically, the stones and crystals act as batteries, giving off, there I sound like I'm from Michigan now, uh, it happens, uh, my girlfriend's from Michigan, so it happens, um, they are batteries uh, giving off frequencies that will interrupt old patterns, including those that have been shaped by abuse, by feeling used, by um, all kinds of power over power under dynamics, uh, in order to help heal things, release things, come into balance and develop confidence and strength and self-trust. Uh, and also the channeled energy work MP3s. And on Facebook this last week, I did a, uh, it's pinned to the top of my evolutionary astrology and channeling with Tom Jacobs page. Um, I did a free hour-long channeling, uh, channeled meditation with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron on clearing shame. So you can get that for free indefinitely. And I'm going to plan to do one of those a month, different theme every month, for a while, just to get back into the groove of doing live channeling events. Anyway, thank you for your time and energy, and thanks for your support. And uh, yeah, keep in touch if I can be of service to you. Goodbye. Goodbye.